Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. This is Colorado Edition from KUNC. Schools are reopening tomorrow in the Boulder Valley School District, and district officials say the return won't be focused on academics, but on support. It's just about caring for our kids, and I think that schools um, in, in the aftermath of tragedies play a critical role. We'll have more on that, and we check in on the Boulder County Disaster Assistance Center, which opened earlier this week. That's coming up. You're listening to KUNC's Colorado Edition. I'm Erin O'Toole. The Marshall Fire, which has destroyed nearly a 1,000 homes and other structures since it erupted December 30th, is now fully contained, according to the Boulder Office of Emergency Management. The fire charred around 6,000 acres, and although it's nowhere near the largest, it's now considered to be the most destructive fire in the state's history. As of today, two people remain missing, and authorities are still investigating what caused the fire, which was fueled by tinder dry grasses and fanned by intense downslope winds. To help residents who have lost their homes and possessions navigate the devastation, Boulder County opened a disaster assistance center this week. The center is open daily from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and is located at the Boulder County Southeast Hub in Lafayette. People displaced by the fire can get help with immediate financial and food assistance, mental health support, and many other needs. Gary Sanfison is the Disaster Recovery Manager for Boulder County. He joins us now to talk about how things are going at the center and what he's hearing from survivors. Gary, thank you so much for being here today. You bet. Happy to be here. I'd like to start by asking you what your last few days have been like. Where were you when you first got word of the Marshall Fire? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I I live up in the mountains uh, near Nederland, where most of these wildfires usually occur. Um, I happened to be on the phone uh, with a state representative talking about her bill to make some improvements to wildfire legislation to make it uh, more efficient for people to file claims after wildfire events. And uh, in the middle of that call, uh, I I was told by someone that there was a wildfire, well, two wildfires actually, right? One in the north and south of the county. And then, unfortunately, I, my power went out, and so uh, I, I was really uh, kind of out of the out of the know for several hours until I drove into Netherlands and started tracking the fire. And then, and then, uh, basically, came down Friday to start looking for for this site. Actually, looking at different possible buildings, and um, so we've been spending most of the time setting this up. And then yesterday, we were operational and had a huge. Uh, first day with a lot of folks coming in. So yeah, that's that's kind of been my day. Such interesting timing with what you were doing uh, when you first got word of the fire breaking out. Um, was your family or anyone close to you impacted? Uh, I, you know, I have some friends and colleagues who, who lost homes, but I was not immediately affected. Right. And as you mentioned, the Disaster Assistance Center opened uh, just yesterday on Monday. Um, where is the site located, first of all? Yeah, it's uh, it's at a county facility uh, that happened to be vacant at the time at 17 
55 South Public Road in uh, Lafayette. And what kinds of supports are you offering? Yeah, so a disaster assistance center is a kind of a one-stop shop for immediate needs. It's not meant to go on for uh, weeks and weeks and months. It's really a couple weeks just to get some of those initial needs met. Uh, We also have uh, a disaster uh, recovery center that FEMA has set up here. So for people to come in and uh, register for FEMA assistance, Uh, there's a facility here. There's also the small business administration that does both individual loans as well as business loans is located here. And then the other side of the building is all of the local nonprofits, uh, county and state agencies that can provide resources and services. And one of them I really want to highlight is um, there are funds that our generous community and across the country have donated to the Boulder uh, County Community Foundation. Uh, we were when we are distributing some of those funds to folks who lost their homes or are damaged their homes. And so that, uh, we urge people to come in and, and get signed up for that. And so we can start connecting with people because this, this, this is a marathon, as I kind of use this term over and over again. This is going to take, it's not weeks or months, this is going to take years for people to recover. And so we want to get in touch so we can communicate on a regular basis. And the last thing I'll say is there are insurance companies located here too. So people can, if they don't want to do it online, they can file a claim or talk to a representative, claims representative as well. Right. So your aim is to be a sort of a one-stop shop for people. What has the demand for help been like so far? Yeah, yesterday was pretty incredible, actually. Um, and I'd say the last two days, because FEMA, the FEMA Center opened up Saturday, uh, both in terms of online registration and walk-in, they've had uh, nearly 900 people uh, sign up, which is great. Um, and we've had about about 400 people come through uh, for the local services and, and such. So it's, yeah, it's been a big demand. Right now it's a little quiet. And I guess I would uh, just say there's no, no hurry to come in. Services aren't gonna disappear. So we're gonna be open for a couple of weeks. So we're really urging people to take care of themselves and their family members first, get some secure, shelter, get kids back in school, you know, take care of yourself and then we'll, we will be here. So you don't have to come in, you know, right away, depending on your schedule. Yeah, that's really good to know, a good point. What kinds of experiences, Gary, are you hearing from people uh, who come into the center? Are you serving uh, people who lost their homes or were impacted in some other way? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, this this facility and these services are available to anyone that was impacted, whether they were evacuated. Uh, uh, but primarily, we're seeing people who actually lost their homes and or damaged. We are speaking with Gary Sanfason, the disaster recovery manager for Boulder County. The Marshall Fire is very different from some of what we're used to in Colorado in that normally they do seem to happen in mountains and foothills. Uh, Here, so many homes were destroyed so quickly. Uh, So many families are displaced with their possessions gone. Wondering how that shapes your approach to the type of assistance that's needed with the Marshall Fire. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, It is a very different uh, dynamic. you know, one of the things we would be already thinking about if this fire occurred in the mountains is the next disaster. Uh, and that would be the post-fire flooding 
debris flows from uh, you know, rain events in the spring and summer. So in this case, we don't have to address that. Um, the other issue is um, these homes are in the urban area. So they're, I think it'll be in some ways uh, easier to rebuild them than some of the areas that are more isolated in the mountains. Uh, but the challenge here is the multiple communities that were impacted. So it's coordination among Louisville, the county, town of Superior, um, also just the, the scarcity of uh, housing for people to even live temporarily. And then also compound that is the challenge of contractors to build new homes. So there's a whole bunch of layers of challenges that are unique that we'll be having to face here. But we, you know, we, the great news about Boulder County and our communities is that we work really well together we work well together in the flood as a whole collaborative. So we have a history of working well. So I, I don't have any fear that we won't have any problems with that. But it'll take time. I know one of the services you're helping with is filing claims for lost items. What kinds of things have people lost? Yeah, well, that's really the insurance uh, company's bailiwick. Uh, you know, we're, we're helping facilitate connecting to the insurance companies, but, you know, if you look at all those homes, people have lost all personal items they had in those homes. So they're starting from scratch. So now the challenge is going through the insurance claims process and and documenting what they lost and um, getting reimbursed for that. You're also helping people connect with mental health support. What does that support look like? Yeah, um, you know, I, I should just say that um, this type of kind of traumatic event affects people in a, many different ways and different and over a different and over a period of time differently as well so you know some of the common reactions are um people get really um uh you know they, they don't they feel kind of stuck uh they feel a little bit numb they get they might be quick to anger they feel really sad and unable to do anything whereas others get kind of hyper active they feel like they just got to do anything to, to just stay busy. And so we really urge people to, to talk about that with their friends, family, any counseling they may already, relationships they already have. But we, we have um, professional counselors, therapists here on site who can, you know, address if some issue, you know, some strong feelings come up and um, just know that that's all normal. That's all normal reactions. People shouldn't feel ashamed about that. And, and they should just get, get the support they need. Uh, and some of the stuff may not show up for a week, a month, a year even. We've seen that. So It's important to remember. Um, well, Boulder County has had its share of experience with fires and floods not that long ago. I'm wondering, uh, Does this Marshall Fire feel distinct from past disaster events, considering the extent of the damage? Yeah, definitely. You know, the flood certainly impacted a lot of people, but mostly the damage was in the canyons. uh, And it was a a lot of infrastructure damage. Um, We had to rebuild several canyon roads and bridges. uh, and, And this one is really not a not an infrastructure uh, disaster. It's a really a, a you know personal property disaster, um, and it's also uh, it's just the amount of it. Uh, whole neighborhoods have been destroyed. Uh, 
So it just it just makes it a larger lift to in terms of coordination, um, which again I feel like you know we're well set up with given the history of our relationships. How do you feel? And I don't know how long you have been in the line of work that you're in, but how do you feel when people who've lost everything come to you and to the center for help? Yeah, I so I actually am a accidental recovery manager uh, in 2010. This is not the field that I studied, but in 2010, we experienced our first major disaster, the Four Mile Canyon fire, where 169 homes were destroyed. And at that time, we did not have a recovery function at the county, and I, I created it and thought I was working myself out of a job after a couple of years, but we just kept having events, right? And uh, then we the 2013 flood, and then we had the 2016 Cold Springs fire, then the 2020 Cowwood fire and now this. So, you know, uh, I have a, I have a mixed feeling. Part of me is we, the county has gotten really good at this, unfortunately. So I have a lot of confidence in our ability to, to get the job done. The, the hard part for me is I know the journey that we have to take. And it's uh, when, when you don't know you, you, it's somewhat you're naive and you just kind of, okay, I'll, I'll, keep doing what I'm doing, but I know the challenges and hardships we're going to have to go through. So that that's just a added layer of just that weighs, can weigh, weigh me down a little bit, but uh, I've just always inspired by people's resilience and, and my colleagues and partners, how we come together. You know, I would say the other thing, the other thing I'd just say is this to me, and I say it after every disaster is that as a public servant, this is what we, we, you know, we were meant to do, and this is probably the pinnacle of our pinnacle of our public service, giving back to the community. Absolutely, and just watching the community uh, come together, the outpouring of support and people offering to help is really uh, in- encouraging and inspiring. I think. Yeah, most definitely. That's you know, it just shows the human spirit, and given all the challenges that we're facing um, these days. It's just a reminder that when we come together, we can do amazing things. Well, Gary, let me just wrap up by asking uh, just a bit of practical advice. What should people do who need help and want to connect with the center? What's the best way to reach out for help? Yeah, uh, again, take care of yourself first. That's number one. Take care of yourself and your family. Uh, Get back kids back in school. Um, If you can get some time off from work, continue to your hobbies and your exercise, eat well, sleep. That's number one. Number two, come down here when it's convenient for you. We're going to be open seven days a week for the next couple of weeks, nine to seven. Um, come in. Uh, you can go online or in person and register for, for FEMA. Uh, then number two, um, obviously file a claim with your insurance company. Uh, and number three, uh, come down here to the center and register for all the other different assistance that uh, a lot of different organizations, the county, the community foundation are are offering. FEMA is not the it's not the only source of assistance, and it'll be very limited to be really honest about it. So there are a lot of other sources of assistance that we can we can provide. Gary Samfison is the Disaster Recovery Manager for Boulder County. The Disaster Assistance Center is online at boco.org slash Marshall Fire. Gary, thank you so much for talking with us. You bet. Thanks so much for having us. 
And you can find more information about available resources and stay up to date on the latest from the Marshall Fire at our website, KUNC.org. And if you've been affected by the fires and would like to share your experience, we'd love to talk with you. Please reach out to us by emailing coloradoedition at KUNC.org. Leave us a voicemail at 970-703-4081. Or you can tweet us at KUNC. Students in the Boulder Valley School District are set to return from winter break tomorrow. Coming up in just a moment, we'll hear how the fires have impacted schools there and the district's plan for supporting students and families affected by the fire. You're listening to Colorado Edition from KUNC. Many students in the Boulder Valley School District are due to return tomorrow, less than a week after the start of the Marshall Fire, which became the state's most destructive wildfire in the span of just a few days, claiming nearly a thousand homes and structures, largely in the communities of Superior and Louisville. For some, school can be a place to get support and to engage with a network of peers, friends, and teachers. But others feel a return to class on Wednesday is too soon, weighing the pressures of academic performance against the realities of dealing with a disastrous event like a wildfire. To get a sense of where the district is in the aftermath of the Marshall Fire and how schools fit into the larger recovery picture, we're joined by Boulder Valley School District Superintendent, Dr. Rob Anderson. Superintendent Anderson, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. I'd like to start by asking how your last few days have been. Uh, clearly, a lot of families across the district have been impacted by the Marshall Fire. I'm wondering if any schools in the district were impacted. Well, well, to answer your first question, the past uh, few days have been exhausting and devastating, I think, for our entire community. Um, I, my family and I actually reside in Louisville, and so we went through the evacuation, coming back, the worry. I mean, I think all of those, um, I think all those have taken a toll on, on, on just thousands and thousands of our, of our residents here. Um, and, and, and I can only, in a miracle, it's a miracle that none of our, our schools were, were, were damaged um, and minimally impacted. We have mitigation teams going to make sure that we have, um, we have good air quality in our schools, which we do. We've been using air scrubbers to make sure that, uh, that our schools uh, don't have any remnants of the smoke or the fire. And I went through all schools yesterday and they're all, they all look great. We have um, teams coming in and just doing a, you know, wiped it, wiping down all the surfaces and just scrubbing our buildings. And so our buildings are going to be ready to go for all of our kids uh, come tomorrow. Great. Do you have an, a sense of how many families in the district have been impacted by the Marshall Fire? You know, it's hard to say when you say impacted. I think, you know, you've got, we have families that have, uh, have lost everything. We have families that are still waiting to see whether they can go back into their homes. They've been displaced. And then you have others who thinks their home, who have thought that their homes were saved and are now realizing that the smoke damage is going to prevent them from being in their homes a long time. I think that we're weeks out from really knowing what the impact, um, the full impact is, but significant. I could tell you, um, certainly in the communities of Louisville and Superior. And what about staff members? Uh, I think I was reading that you sent out a survey to kind of gauge the impact of that. Right. You know, at, at this point right now, we know that over 40 of our employees have uh, have lost their homes. Um, again, I think that that number will grow over the coming weeks um, as we get a better understanding of where things are and, and the true damages that were incurred. Uh, but uh, but devastating uh, to our people, for sure. 
One thing we've been hearing about during the pandemic is how difficult it is to get substitutes recently. Uh, will you be able to handle staff members who aren't able to come back because they've been impacted by the fire? Well, I, I think that we've we've been really trying to be uh, very careful for those that have been directly impacted and, and providing them paid leave as they sort out their family situations. Um, and, and we're just asking the rest of our employees to lock arms and come together. I think that we've uh, we've done some increasing in our, our te- temporary increase in our uh, Monday through Thursday substitute rate. We've raised that to $175 a day. Anybody in the community listening who wants to help out are great ways to sign up to be a substitute. Jobs.bvsd.org will take you to our website and you can fill out a quick application. We pay people for training. Um, again, $175 a day, Monday through Thursday, Friday, $200 a day. And we're doing everything we can to bring in all of our substitutes that are available um, just to flood our schools with supervision and support um, of caring adults uh, from our community. We're speaking with Boulder Valley School District Superintendent Rob Anderson. Uh, Following the Marshall Fire, you've asked that students return to classes as planned on Wednesday and that part of asking them back is not for lessons and homework, but for support. Talk about the role that schools can play in the aftermath of a disaster like this. I think it's critical that we open our doors. And I think that it's critical that we that we connect with our kids, get our arms around them and show them that we care and, and start to understand who needs what, right? We've, we'll, we'll have lots of supports, mental health supports um, and others who can connect families and kids with what they need in the aftermath of, of the Marshall Fire. Um, and the healing needs to start as soon as possible. Uh, we know that this is a difficult decision. We know that not all families are in a position to come to school, fully understand that. Um, but for those that are, able to, you know, we ask that they come, you know, we've, we've given our schools a pretty uh, strong guidance around uh, this, these next couple of weeks aren't for new tests, new assignments, new topics, you know, some light review and a lot of care is what we're asking our, our adults um, in our buildings, uh, our teachers and administrators and staff uh, to, to really focus on. It's just about caring for our kids. And I think that schools um, in, in the aftermath of tragedies play a critical role. Sounds like creating a sense of normalcy is uh, really important at a time like this. And perhaps for parents who uh, may have a lot on their plate to give them some space and some hours to get work done is, is important. Without a doubt, I think that 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 the the parents that are that are dealing with this need need us to be there for their kids as they start to try to begin to piece back together, um, you know, their lives and, and what they need to do next, and uh, and again, just to, just to be there with with tons of care. And, and our teachers are incredible. Our our principals, our our staff, they're, they're excellent at this. And so we know that opening our doors is going to mean a lot to our kids. Right. There have been some students and families uh, who think Wednesday is a bit too soon to come back to class. Are you expecting some to kind of wait and come back at a later date? I would say that if, if folks feel like that it's too soon, that's perfectly okay. Um, and and certainly we've heard from folks who, who have varying opinions on this. I think that um, that we need to be there for those that are ready to come back and are ready to start healing and, and ready for the support. And for the others who need to wait until um, till next week. Um, they just need to know that they're not going to be missing any academics. They're not going to have homework to make up. That's not why we're opening schools. Right? We're opening schools to, to be there and care for, for kids. And so um, I understand both sides of this perspective to the extent that you can. Um, 
and uh, and, we, and we're going to try to 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 be understanding and meet folks where they are. And I think that that's what you have to do in in the um, aftermath of a tragedy. Right. And of course, the pandemic is still kind of looming in the background of all of this. Um, I'm wondering what the day to day looks like for your schools in the district at this point in the pandemic. We're working very closely with Boulder County Public Health and Broomfield Health. They've given us guidance um, throughout this pandemic. We'll continue to to heed their advice and, and work with them directly as we make decisions around mitigation efforts over the course of the first semester. Uh, we were able to have school in school five days a week at every school within our district, which was our goal going in. And we did that with our partnerships. They've, they've really done a great job of helping us. If you were to compare our district to other districts across the Front Range or even the country, uh, um, much less quarantining, much less um, positive cases. And so our partnership has been working. Our mitigation strategies have been working. Uh, we've been keeping a very close eye on, on Omicron and understand that it's different than other variants. And again, if, if things change, we'll, we will react in, in the appropriate and right ways um, through the guidance of our health partners. And is there anything else you'd like to add about, uh, you know, perhaps what students can expect on their first day back on, on Wednesday? Students can expect us to be there with open arms and, and again, trying to meet all kids where they are. Um, they'll be able to connect with their friends, connect with their teachers and, and the adults in, in the buildings that care about them. And, um, and then we're going to try to be there for them and, and be there for our families as, as we all um, really come together as a community in, in the aftermath of the Marshall fires. And, and I will say that we do have resources for parents and for kids alike on our website, bbsd.org. We've set up a special um, link um, you know, for, the, for the aftermath of the wildfires for parents who need some help or ideas on how to support their kids. Um, and again, any family that's struggling, please reach out to us. Let us connect you with resources, support, whether it's trauma support, whether it's um, other critical needs. Um, our foundation, Impact on Education, has set up a critical needs fund specifically for this. And so for those that are in need, please reach out. Let us help you. Boulder Valley School District Superintendent Rob Anderson, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thanks so much, you all. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks for having us. That's our show for today. Tomorrow on Colorado Edition, we look at the ongoing impacts of drought and water cutbacks along the Colorado River. And we explore changes to the state's congressional map, including a newly drawn district for residents in northwestern Colorado. I'm Erin O'Toole. Our production team includes Henry Zimmerman and Tess Novotny. Our digital editor is Jackie High. Brian Larson is our executive producer. Thank you so much for listening. This is Colorado Edition from KUNC. KUNC.